All right, two TV sports, the Tosh and Jerry podcast live. It's Tosh Myers, Jared Blinder. Today we got a special guest, David Ginsburg, and we are here to talk about the NBA playoffs, um, the postponement of some games that that's happened, the boycott of games, and uh, yeah, David is from Los Angeles. He's a big Dodger fan, Laker fan, um, and so excited to talk about some baseball. We're going to get to that later today as well. Um, and so to get to get you updated on these uh, protests and boycotts of the of the games, the Bucks started uh, that on uh, Wednesday morning. It was, and that was after the police brutally shot Jacob Blake seven times. Um, and the and the NBA has been all over the you know the police brutality and all that. And so uh, they came to the bubble wanting to make change, and the Bucks decided to, to take a stand and not come out for the game and boycott the game. Uh, and then the NBA decided to postpone the rest of the games that day. And right now we're, we're kind of in a holding pattern. The NBA is going to come back soon. Not exactly sure when, but uh, Jerry wanted to turn it over to you and then, and then David about, you know, our thoughts on the postponement and then uh, get into our other topic. Yeah, Tosh. So there's a lot that's going on right now. Um, it's kind of hard to tackle all at once. I'm going to start off by saying, um, I think the Bucks did the absolute right thing to boycott that game. Um, and what you said was absolutely right with the players having the idea to go down to the bubble and, um, protest for change and have the social justice messages. And it looks like nothing has really changed, which is unfortunate. And so they're trying to find, uh, a better way to either communicate the message or, find a way to help out even more than they've already been doing. Um, and so the Bucks boycotting gave the NBA and the bubble players an opportunity to meet and kind of discuss what they wanted to do. Um, and so we saw the postponement of all the games on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, and so it looked like the Lakers and the Clippers uh, voted not to continue the season, to go back to their communities and help out. Um, and the rest of the league decided to play. And so tentatively right now, it looks like we're going to still have basketball. Um, but I, I wanted to see the floor over to David. Um, yeah, I mean, it's completely justified what they're doing. It, it kind of feels like they're in this struggle of, of trying to get their message across because, um, you know, as we've seen, they're a little frustrated because they can't really, you know, their message is not being heard with what they're doing now. So, um, and obviously it affected the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, a lot more, you know, closer to home because of the Sterling Brown incident. Um, and I think they had one more incident on the team where uh, they've had run-ins with the police. So, you know, it, it's it's really interesting to see that, you know, the route that they took in postponing or basically just canceling, forfeiting their game. Um, and then, you know, everything that followed after that with, um, you know, every other team kind of just hopping on that, hopping on that train. And, you know, hopefully this is a good message and a message that will be heard much more loudly than uh, the previous, you know, efforts that they've, that they've done. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it, it's across all sports now. So, I mean, besides hockey, I think, but baseball has been postponing games, um, you know, obviously basketball. So, you know, it's, it's just going to be an interesting um, few days here to see how long it'll last and um, what, what steps and what, you know, what comes from this um, as a result. As you said that, I just got a, uh, an update that the NHL will postpone uh, the playoff games tonight on Thursday as we record this. 
Um, so that's just okay, another. So there you sport. go. Yeah, it's another sport following suit. Um, I did want to get into the players, kind of having um different thoughts on it. Like Hawaii and LeBron look like they wanted to go and leave the bubble. Help out and Jalen Brown on the Celtics were saying that we have a great platform here within the bubble. We have uh, the biggest presence when we're all together here to stand and make a message and we should all stay here and, and figure out what we can do from inside the bubble. You know, I think that um, them continuing to play is, is probably, I mean, they kind of need to do that. I think Draymond said it, that their, their voice is loud because they play basketball, and if they're not playing basketball, it kind of diminishes that. So I, I think I kind of agree with that, that um, playing and then also, you know, doing stuff besides that and their free time is is what's going to make the most impact um you know i think a lot the problem with this is that a lot of these problems aren't going to get fixed overnight and so we're going to continue to see um a lot of this stuff that's been ingrained in our you know society for years so um it's definitely going to be a long battle but um this type of stuff hopefully will help get to getting um you know equality for everyone um, so I kind of side with Jalen there and, um, and yeah, looking to looking forward to the game starting again, as well as the, uh, social justice, you know, initiatives that they put, put forward. Um, and with that, I kind of wanted to get to some of these games. We haven't been on the pod in a few weeks, but, uh, the first round's coming to an end. There's still a few matchups going on. Just wanted to get your guys' thoughts, uh, First, David, on the Mavs Clippers series. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a surprising series. I mean, obviously, playoff key has been playing pretty bad up to up to the last game, game four. Um, I'm surprised KP is is sitting out with his knee injury. It must be pretty serious if he misses two games, um, and that just throws all the burden onto Luca and. He's he stepped up to the challenge, or he stepped up to the challenge in Game Three. Uh, game Four was a little bit harder. Um, I think he's you know he's still dealing with that ankle, so he's a little hindered by it. Um, but they're playing well, and and it and it's definitely a series. Um, you can tell they they both are are really trying, um, putting in their full effort. Um, I think the Clippers will end up winning it, um, especially if KP doesn't he doesn't play. Um, I think. Even if he does, he's going to be a little rusty, and um, you know they can't play him as as many minutes as they want to. So I think the Clippers will end up taking it, um, but it's definitely been my favorite series to watch so far. And Luca has just proven that he is, uh, you know, a generational a generational talent, the next superstar of the league. So uh, yeah, Clippers. Yeah, Clippers we're starting probably. with Luca. There it is. There it is. I couldn't stay quiet that much longer. I'm so happy that we're starting here with this series. Oh my God. Lucas game four. Are you kidding me? 35 points, 17 uh, rebounds and 13 assists. I think he had unbelievable. And everybody counted out the Mavs that game because like you were saying, Chris Tops was injured. Uh, absolutely insane. He was out there on basically one ankle. We don't really know how bad the injury was. I saw he was getting treatment on it for the 48 hours before the game and, and after the game, after game three that he injured it. Um, what an incredible performance. Yeah, I mean, everybody has been focused on Giannis being the next guy of the NBA for the next 10 years. I don't think so. Not so fast. Luca's in his second season, and the stats he's putting up are absolutely insane. Um, I'm so excited for Luca's career going forward. Um, and despite all that hype, though, I did predict, 
predict the Clippers in six. And to your point, I do think, yeah, Kristaps might be a little rusty. I The knee injury must be worse than they're leaning on because he sat out. So this time off should help that. Um, but I'm going to stand by the Clippers in six now that playoff P, you know, shook off whatever injury or rust or whatever the bubble was getting to him and actually scored 30-plus points in, in game five. So I'll have, also have Clippers in six like you. Yeah, I'm going to... Uh... I'm going to argue that fake about Giannis not being the face of the NBA. I mean, Luca's offense is insane, but Giannis is the defensive player of the year, plus his offense is insane. So uh, you're sleeping on Giannis again. Can't say I am, but uh, that's my guy, so I'm going to defend him. He's he's insane. But back to this series, um, to me it seems like the Mavs are like one piece away. They need a, They need some sort of – they need a wing who can – initiate some offense when Luca's not in the court and defend um defend like Kawhi because I mean that man's going off right now. He's got like Maxi Kleba on him or Dorian Finney Smith. Those guys are not capable of guarding him. Um so it's really been the Kawhi show. Like I said in the in the preview, I had some questions about the Clippers depth and I think those have been shown to be uh valid. I mean other than other than Kawhi and when PG's playing well, the rest of those guys aren't very, you know, they all have flaws. I mean, Pat Bev is a solid defender. He hasn't been playing. Shamit, all he can do is shoot. Morris is super inconsistent. Uh, Zubat, Green, Harrell. You know, Harrell's not looking Harrell's great. pretty good. He, he's, he, I mean, he's running he, into the form. He was, he was one of the late additions to the Clippers team in the bubble. He's a good offensive player, but I don't defensively. If he's on the court, you've got no rim protection. You've seen it with Luca; he can just get to the basket at will. Or if you know guys come and help, there's just wide open three point shooters. So that that worries me in the next round uh, with the Clippers. But I, I think they'll win Game Six. Uh, so Clippers in six. I originally predicted five, but uh, definitely the series has has worried me a little bit about the Clippers. Uh, what do you guys? Uh, what do you guys think about the trash talk that's going on? It's pretty, it's pretty in your face every time Luca steps to the line. The Clippers are busting his balls um, about missing free throws. They're just they're they're having a lot of fun on the sidelines, and I I mean personally I love it, um, but it's something that we don't really see uh, all the time. I mean, if you're Doc Rivers, you have to love it because there's no fans there, and they have to generate their own energy. And I think he's thrilled that the bench guys are up and yelling kind of harassing the guys at the line, whether it be Luca or KP or Dorian Finney-Smith, like whoever it is. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of a fan of that, too, as long as it's kind of, you know, within bounds, so to speak. Well, I, I think, I mean, we saw them do it with uh, Damian Lillard, and then Damian and Damian's sister clapped back at Paul George. He had, like, five games where he was one of the worst players on the court. So they, they, better, yeah, so- be, uh, <laughs> they better be careful with, with who they're trash-talking. but. Uh, yeah, I think it definitely helps them. Yeah, let's get to the uh, Lakers-Blazers series. David, you're a Lakers fan. Uh, tough game one for you guys, but it looks like you bounced back and Dame's dealing with that knee injury and had to leave the bubble. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear the Lakers are going to win the series um, pretty easily at this point. Uh, obviously, game one was kind of a wake-up call for them. I think they were just kind of coasting towards the end of the uh, seeding games and uh, that was a that was a great wake up call. They turned their game around. Um, LeBron finally stepped up and uh, you know dominated that last game. We won by like 30, 30 or forty points. Um, so 
you know, it's good to see. I think the Bla- obviously the the Blazers as of right now they're not they're, they shouldn't be a playoff team with Dame out. Um, so the next the next round will be um, pretty interesting to watch. But you know the the hopes of the Lakers dominating into the into the into the um, finals and winning the chip. I think those ex- expectations are a little down just based off that first game with the Blazers. Um, there's a lot of question marks on the role players. I think Vogel is still trying to figure out who can get minutes, especially at the back end of the rotation. Um, and he's also trying to figure out, you know, who can play down the stretch. Um, you know, who, who those five guys are going to be to close out the game. Um, but, you know, game three and four, I think AD and LeBron turned it around. I think they're, you know, putting their foot on the gas um, and trying to prove that they are, they are, the, they are the team to beat. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the Lakers. I, I think, I think they, uh, kind of, I think the Blazers woke up a sleeping giant. So, um, they're, they're coming, they're coming for the chip. Yeah. Lakers in five had it all the way. I mean, they're, they just have too much size for the trailblazers. You know, you've got, you, you, they're either playing Nurkic and Whiteside together and have no facing or they're putting Gabriel or you know, even Gary Trent on LeBron, like, it's an absolute joke. The, the Blazers don't have wing depth. It's been hurting them for years. Uh, they they got to do something about it this offseason. I think the Lakers are, you know, if their bench pieces, if their depth, which you were referring to, is, is playing well, um, they're, you know, really hard to beat. Uh, so we'll see how they do later in the playoffs. But the Lakers have been looking pretty good to me. Um, and, and uh, I look for them to, to probably cruise through the either the Rockets or the Thunder in the next round and uh, and match up with the Clippers. Let's get to the next series, uh, Thunder and Rockets. The winner of this series is going to play the Lakers. Uh, right now, we are tied at 2-2. Um, and, and Lou Dort coming back has been a huge deal for the, the Thunder. Uh, after losing the first two, they've come coming back and and even this series up. So um, I, I really like what the Thunder are doing with their small lineup. You've got Paul, SBA, Schroeder, Dort, and Gallo, and that's looking better than the Rocket small lineup to me. Um, and so this series, it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out, especially if Russ gets back. I think the Rockets need that. Uh, I'll, I'll go Rockets in seven, though. On, the, on my prediction, I think I had a Thunder in seven, so we both see it going seven. I do agree with you that the Rockets need to get Russ back. He needs to be healthy. Um, and that's, that could easily swing the series. I think that even though I had the Thunder winning the series in seven to face the Lakers, I think that the Rockets would actually be a much tougher matchup uh, for the Lakers in the second round. That, that's not to say that they're going to get the upset and beat the Lakers, but I think that the guys like LeBron and AD are going to have trouble covering all the shooters that the Rockets have. Um, but again, I'll turn that over to David because he's a Lakers guy. And I'm sure he, he's going to say they can shut the Rockets down pretty easily. You know, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I think it's also going to go seven, but I think the Thunder are going to win it. I think they've got the momentum on their side. Um, I also think Westbrook coming back isn't, you know, as much as he's a great player, I don't think him coming into this series in the fifth game is necessarily going to be the best thing for the Rockets. They've been playing without him. Um, they played pretty well the first two games without him. So I just, I don't know if he's going to make the impact that they need. Um, 
I think I think CP3 is I think this is his year. He's looking for revenge. Um, so I think the Thunder are actually going to take this in seven, uh, which is I'm sure a, a bit surprising to a lot of people. But and uh, moving on, like if the Thunder move on, um, you know, it, either way, if both these teams move on, I think the Lakers um, have them beat. I think they just the Lakers match up uh, too well against them, like you said. The, the size of the Lakers is, is going to be a problem in the playoffs. Um, you know, for both these teams, the Rockets don't have a big, the Thunder have Steven Adams, but um, that's just certainly not enough uh, against the Lakers. So, you know, honestly, it's a toss up between the Rockets and Thunder. I think the Thunder are going to take it. And, um, you know, that, that's just what I'm rooting for at this point. I think, uh, I think C, I think CP three deserves this one over, over Westbrook and Harden. Just the way they just just the way the Rockets treated him uh, at the end of his career there. So um, I'm taking CP3 in the Thunder. I like that pick. Um, you know, I, I, as much as I want the the uh, Thunder to win, I, I do think the Rockets will win. But uh, last series in the West is the uh, Jazz and Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets are, you know, playing very without a lot of a lot of players, and so. Mitchell's taking advantage of this. He just gets matched up on Jokic in the pick and roll. Absolutely kills them. He's been putting up insane numbers. Denver doesn't have the wing defenders. Uh, I think the Jazz will finish this series out um, in advance to the next round. Jerry, what are your thoughts? So, yeah, at the beginning of this series, my biggest question was who's going to be the ball handler and who's going to be the guy for the Nuggets going down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Um, I asked you whether it was going to be you know, Jokic or Jamal Murray and maybe even Michael Porter at times. But it looks very clearly like Jamal Murray is going to be the guy with the ball in his hands. And the matchups between him and Donovan Mitchell um, on every single uh, series, every single uh, possession um, in the fourth have been awesome. A couple 50 burgers in the series, love to see that. Um, Donovan Mitchell is getting it done. He is carrying the Jazz right now um, to potentially the second round. Uh, that being said, he's doing it on a lot of volume, not necessarily the most efficient scorer, but, you know, he keeps at it, keeps his head up, and, you know, is taking that this head on for the Jazz. Um, that being said, I can easily see this going seven. I could see the Jazz winning it. I think every single game um, is winnable for either side. The only thing is now, though, that I, I saw when it was game five, uh, the Nuggets had their backs to the wall and they were down 10 and eventually prevailed because they had that desperation and the Jazz just couldn't hold that off. And so, you know, going into game six, it's going to look like the Nuggets are going to be desperate again and uh, perhaps force a game seven. So I'm, I'm going to be watching that, but I don't really have a clear favor necessarily on who's going to come out of that series. Yeah, I think this, this series has been the most surprising out of, uh, out of all the series just because I didn't expect this from the Jazz. They didn't look particularly great in the seeding games. Um, but Donovan, like you said, Donovan Mitchell has just stepped up and been absolutely incredible for them. Uh, I ha- you know, the problem with Denver is that they don't, they've lost a lot of wings, um, you know, Gary Harris and Will Barton. So they're playing with guys that, you know, shouldn't be playing this many minutes um, in a playoff series, and it's shown. Uh, so I, I actually think the Jazz are, are going to take this next game um, in advance just because I, I can't see, you know, if. Jamal Murray can't put up 50, 50 a game, you know, it, it's just not going to happen. Um, so I think the jazz, the jazz are going to take it, um, which is disappointing. I had the nuggets. I think they're a really good young team still. Um, I think the future is pretty bright for them. Um, unfortunately the injuries just kind of 
you know, we're, we're came at an unfortunate time. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be the jazz and thunder. Um, and that'll be a great series too. I just, I don't think, I think Mitchell, Mitchell will run out of steam eventually. We've seen, he's not the most efficient scorer. So I, I can't see him, you know, continuing to stretch a play for, for, you know, too long. Um, I think he's, you know, he's going to take the nuggets, but the next series, I think he's going to cool down and, and we'll see kind of their flaws as a team, uh, much more once he kind of settles down. Yeah. Yeah. Mitchell's, so Mitchell's the type of guy who, when he's got bad defenders against him, is going to go off. But then when he's got some good defenders against him, he's going to be contained. And so, yeah, I think in the next round, he'll be contained. They won't have any offense and uh, the Jazz will be in trouble. So speaking of carrying a team, you might be wondering where this is going. Our guy, Joel Embiid, had to carry the Sixers without Ben Simmons. He was tasked with beating my Boston Celtics. I said the Celtics would win in five games because Joel Embiid would carry them. And it turns out that you can break your brooms out because we had our first sweep. The Celtics won in four. Uh, It looks like Joel Embiid was checked out during game three and really didn't put any effort into game four. Uh, I guess you could see the writing on the wall there. Uh, really, the only negative of that series is that Gordon Hayward is injured, and I think, despite you know his ups and downs on the Celtics, I think he's actually a crucial piece to beating the Toronto Raptors. I think with him, the Celtics would be favored against the Raptors, at least in my opinion. Um, without him, it's going to be a lot tougher because we won't have that wing depth uh, to match up with the Raptors as well as provide those extra minutes off the bench if needed. Um, so that's that's going to be tough, but Lowry did injure his ankle. It probably will be healed by the time the series gets underway. Um, hoping both of them are healthy, but yeah, I wanted to uh, take this time to uh, shit on the Sixers fans. Um, I think I've earned this one. Um, get your brooms out. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, let me go on on Joel Embiid since you uh, brought him up. That guy, I think he's the most overrated player in the NBA. I mean, he can't be the center point of your offense. He's just not consistently good enough in the post. He tries ridiculous stuff. He's obviously out of shape. Uh, he's not a great defender anymore. Uh, I just don't really see the value in him. If I were them, I would trade Embiid uh, while he's while he's relatively healthy, build around Simmons, and go from there. Uh, Philly looks horrible, and I think Boston's gonna be in you know kind of a surprise awakening when they when they play a team that has some quality wing defenders who are going to D up Tatum and Brown. Um, and I, I think Toronto is going to take care of business in the next round, but the uh, Lowry injury is huge. Um, but also wanted to talk about the firing of, of Brett Brown, as well as Nate McMillan, two teams that uh, lost in the first round. Uh, both openings are, are kind of big deals here. Teams that are looking to get over the hump. Um, David, who are you looking at to fill uh, Brett Brown's spot? Well, first of all, I want to say I think the process is is just completely over now. Uh, you know, they 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 are. You know, it it is just a shit show of a team right now. Um, Failure. They fired, you know, they fired they fired Brett Brown. They put all the blame on him. Um, and you know, you know what's interesting is is the Pacers and the Sixers are kind of in a similar spot. You know, they both they fired their they both fired their coaches. They both played without one of their stars in Sabonis and Simmons. Um, and it, I think, you know, I feel more for Nate McMillan. I mean, the guy last year lost Oladipo in the playoffs. They got swept. He lost Sabonis this year. They got swept. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that firing. Um, but I, I do agree with Brett Brown. Um, 
but again, it's it's so hard to say that it's they've it's been this way for you know for the last two or three years now where you know people are questioning whether or not Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can play together. Um, this I I I thought this playoffs would would shed more light on that, but unfortunately Simmons got hurt, um, and as a result, Brett Brown got fired. Um, there, there's a lot of work to do. I, I'm not sure a coach will make any difference. I think they have to change up their personnel, their players, like you said, Tosh. Um, you know, they have they have to make that decision. I think of whether you know who to trade, Simmons or Embiid. Um, in my opinion, I think they have to tr- trade Simmons. Um, I think Embiid is is still a better player than Simmons. Uh, you know, Simmons can't shoot the ball. You know, you have to be able to shoot the ball in today's NBA. Uh, so that's I, awesome I, that you brought that up, actually, because I was going to ask if you would rather trade Embiid and Simmons. So it looks like you're uh, keeping Embiid and trading Simmons, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel so Embiid. I mean, the guy, the guy, you know, obviously he's not in the best shape, but he's still, he's still, you know, potential. He could be a dominant center. I don't think they gave him enough touches in this in this playoff series. And when they did, he was getting doubled every time because well, you know, who, they did, but he would get he... doubled or got tired like towards the end of the game. I mean, if you feed that man that many times, like he's not in, in playoff shape like that, where he's going to be able to carry that team uh, with the right. defensive pressure the Celtics brought. Right. But I mean, I think we can all agree he needs, he needs some more help, obviously. Um, and, you know, it's not necessarily his fault that they signed Horford and Tobias to these massive deals um, that basically just stronghold their team for the future. Um, so I think he's, I think his frustration kind of showed a little bit um, in that series. Um, he, he, he had some great, you know, halves where he played um, very well, um, very efficient. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think you have to trade Simmons um, and build around Embiid. Um, they can't, those two just can't coexist um, just because of Simmons inability to play on the outside. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, in today's NBA, I think you go with the stretch five um, to anchor down that middle instead of a point guard who can't really shoot the ball. I think you go with the stretch five and turn Simmons into a center. You hire Mike D'Antoni, uh, get them playing some, get them playing some fast basketball. And I think that would really fit into Simmons style. You have him almost in like a Draymond Green role. Um, with with Harris and Horford at the three and three and four, you put Simmons kind of at the five, um, and then you you get some guards. You trade Embiid for like Bradley Beal or something, a, a guard you can actually do something on offense. Hire Mike D'Antoni, play faster pace, get this thing moving, um, and I think that would help. I just don't know if you can like build around a center who's not incredibly efficient on offense or defense and win anything significant, especially when you're stuck with Horford and Harris. Yeah, so we're taking a lot of time on the Sixers, which I'm actually okay with here because I've been going back and forth on uh, what who to trade if I was going to trade one of them and beat or Simmons. And I like that you both have different perspectives because it raises like the upsides of, of both and the way that the Sixers could play going forward. I think that Embiid could potentially be like that bigger superstar, best superstar if he gets in that shape. But I just don't think he'll ever consistently put in the effort to do that. And for that reason, I think if I had to keep one, I'd keep Simmons, even though I'm on him all the time about not being able to shoot and I make fun of his shooting and he can't get anything except a layup or a light floater like 10 feet out. Um, but yeah, I kind of like what Tosh, what you were saying about how if you can play him, even maybe not at the five, but at the four and have like him, Horford and Tobias out there and then get some another ball dominant uh, guard. 
like that could work. There's just so many cap issues going forwards with them, uh, with the money tied up with Al Horford and Tobias Harris, like just terrible contracts for the Sixers. Um, but I do want to ask which job you would rather have between the Pacers firing of Nate McMillan and the Sixers firing of Brett Brown. Uh, personally, I would, I would, I would go with the Sixers. I mean, they have, they have the talent. I think you just have to, um, you know, figure out a way to bring in one or more, one or two more pieces that um, go well with them. Obviously, I think you have to trade one of them, and that's the decision that, you know, has to be made. You know, when you hire that coach, I think that coach will um, kind of make that decision for the franchise. That coach uh, could also get one more year though with with those two pieces of Embiid and Simmons and see like what the coach can do before you necessarily have to make that move. Just because Embiid and Simmons are both still pretty young. See, I, I know. Yeah, I disagree. I think I think it's I think it's you know it's time to blow it up. Um, in terms of Embiid or Simmons, I think it's I think it's just time. I don't think a coach. You know, I think there's underlying issues at play here. Um, you know, you're you're always hearing about the chemistry between Simmons and, and Embiid. Um, so I think I think you bring in a new coach, you let him decide kind of what he wants to do with the team, um, and you know, you go you go from there because they have talent. Um, you know, obviously they have some cap issues, but uh, you know, if you make the right trade um, and for the right guys, maybe for some picks, bring in some younger younger guys. You know, change the culture up a little bit you know, put some fire in Embiid's ass. I think, I think that's a kind of a new, a new beginning for them, um, regardless of what direction you go in for Simmons or Embiid. Um, personally, I think Kenny Atkinson should be looked at for this position. Um, I think he's a guy that people um, listen to. You know, we saw with the Nets that they got, all the players got behind him on that when he was there. So, uh, you know, I don't think you go with a guy like Ty Lue. He's... You know, personally, I don't think Tyler's a great coach. So I think you go with a guy who can take over the culture of a franchise um, and instill his views and and um, technique. So I like that. I like Kenny Atkinson. I think he's a good coach. Um, but I think that's enough on the on the Sixers. Um, just one more thing on the NBA in terms of these games getting postponed, Jerry. Um, what do you think the effects of of kind of the waiting is going to have on the uh, on the NBA? Uh, so I don't think it's going to have much of an impact on the outcomes of the game per se. I just think it's going to help the guys that are injured, like Kristaps, Kyle Lowry. It'll give Gordon Hayward an extra day or two, um, depending on how long the postponement is. Um, I think it's more so um, the players and whether they are committed to staying in the bubble. And because there's so many other like bigger issues going on outside of the bubble. Um, and so I saw a quote from LeBron saying like half of his mind is locked in the playoffs and half of his mind is, is locked in on helping the African-American black community. And so it's, I think that is the bigger factor rather than like which teams it's necessarily going to help or hurt. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, going to be interesting to see the effect of this going forward, but, um, cool. Let's turn it over to the MLB. We're at the halfway point of the MLB season. Um, you know, some interesting stuff going on. We've got a lot of seven inning double headers. The 18 playoff, uh, is going to make this playoff really interesting. Um, David, as a Dodger fan, wanted to get your, uh, input first on the season for the Dodgers and just overall impressions of the baseball season. Uh, so it's been kind of a hectic first half 
obviously with the COVID outbreaks and all these seven inning double headers, which are very strange. I always forget that um, they only play to seven when there's a double header. Um, but the Dodgers have been looking like a, you know, their usual self dominating the NL West, dominating the NL in general. Um, they kind of went, they kind of, other than the giant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of weird seeing the Giants sneak in that eighth spot right now. Um, but I'd love to play them in the first round and just sweep the hell out of them. But, uh, now the Dodgers, the Dodgers have been playing well. They got off to a slow start in the beginning. Um, but they've turned it around. They've started mashing the baseball recently. Um, Bellinger is looking better. Um, in the past two weeks, he's actually hitting the ball now. Um, so, you know, honestly, if you look at these, if you look at the NL postseason picture and the AL postseason picture, there's, there aren't too many teams that are dominating like the Dodgers are right now. Um, the athletics, the A's are in first place in the AL. So, um, that's a big surprise. So I think it's the Dodgers year. It's their year to lose. I just hope the season can, can, um, finish out in general. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the Dodgers will win it as long as they stay healthy. Um, Bueller just went on the injured list, but, um, only with a blister, thank God. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the Dodgers, their bullpen has been great. Their starting pitching has been great. Obviously their, um, obviously their lineup is amazing. So, uh, it's their year. I think this year, the Astros being not even an AL postseason contention, is or in sixth place, I guess, but um, they've looked awful. The Yankees are injured uh, pretty badly. So the two teams that you thought would come out of the AL are kind of struggling, um, which is only great news for the Dodgers. Well, you can't say I didn't see a different team coming out of the AL. I, I thought the A's would come out of the AL. They're playing just as I thought they would, um, looking like they're, they're, you know, they're in position as the one seed right now. Um, in the AL, what I'm really focusing in on is who gets that one seed? Because to me, there's seven teams that are all pretty good in the A's, the the Rays, the Twins, the Astros, the Indians, the Yankees, and White Sox. But then that eight eight spot is kind of up for grabs right now. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who gets the one seed. I think that's going to be a big advantage. Um, the Astros, as you said, started off slow. They've been playing well. Um, I would not definitely not sleep on them. Um, moving over to the NL, my Giants. Um, you know, they've been playing good baseball. They won seven in a row up to uh, Thursday, and, and so they've been playing good. Um, and, and the Cubs have really surprised me uh, as the second team. Their pitching's held up. But, I, I you know, the Dodgers are it's looking like they're going to get through the, the uh, NL. They're just so deep at all aspects. They've got, you know, guys in the minors who can come up as well if injuries happen. So your team's looking pretty good there, David. Um, and hopefully they they face off with the A's, which was my World Series prediction to start the season. But uh, Jerry, what's what's uh, caught your eye? Yeah, so the best thing for me is the Tampa Bay Rays being ahead of the New York Yankees. Um, I thought the Rays were going to be good and make the playoffs, but I didn't think they were going to be able to leapfrog the Yankees like that. Like I know we're halfway through and there's still time, and they play each other a bunch more. Um, and so hopefully they can keep that lead. But you know my famous line, like as a casual baseball fan, I I really wanted to talk to you both about the Fernando Tatis incident where he swung at a 3-0 pitch and hit a granny late in the game when it was pretty much over. Um, Cause that's, that's the news that made the most impact to me through baseball uh, the past week. And so I wanted to get your thoughts and then, you know, I kind of want to say what I thought about that as well. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I think it's, 
you know, I think these unwritten rules of baseball are just total, you know, total bullshit. If I'm honest, uh, who cares? I mean, who cares that you swung at a three Oh pitch? It, 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 it doesn't matter. He had a grand slam. I mean, it, it helped his team at the, at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, I think it's, people are a little upset about it for no good reason. Um, I think, I think this is the problem with baseball in general. I think, uh, all these older, you know, this older mentality, um, just doesn't help the game grow at all. Um, you know, it's more exciting to watch a grand slam than to take a pitch. So, uh, at the end of the day, like you should be rooting for the entertainment of the product and not the unwritten rules of baseball, uh, that are just old and kind of outdated. So, um, you know, keep doing your thing, Tatis. I think he should swing at more three-o pitches now. Yeah, and adding on to that, when Tatis hit, you know, arbitration in a few years, and there's lawyers negotiating his contract, having that home run could easily get him a few extra thousand dollars. So I'd say swing all, you know, swing whenever he wants. He might be the best player in baseball. Um, and, and you know, I I thought he was going to have a great year, and, and he's amazing. So huge fan of his. Keep swinging. Uh, All right. Well, and, and firstly, that's my take on it. Firstly, Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Secondly, I grew up playing baseball for ten years. Uh, we were always taught never to swing in a three zero pitch, and so I would say I'm more of a traditionalist. But I'm also going to agree with you. I think it's it's silly that people are getting so mad that he swung at it. Like he's getting paid millions of dollars to swing the bat. Um, that being said, like in baseball historically, like you don't ever swing three zero. Uh, the bases are loaded. Like you know, you could take that pitch, see if you just walk in a run. Um, you know, like what if he grounds into a double play then? Like, I think a lot of people are looking at it based on the outcome. That being said, like, I don't really have an issue with him swinging three Oh, like up six or seven runs, whatever it was in the seventh. Um, I think like you're getting paid to hit and like, you should be able to swing away whenever you want to. Um, as far as I know, the third base coach didn't give him the take sign. Um, so he wasn't like going against coaching or anything like that. And like, yeah, he adds so much fun to the game. Um, and like, keep doing you Fernando Tatis, like, uh, by all means, like I, you know, it'll keep young fans more invested in the games. Yeah, totally. And one, one more thing I'm looking at for the, uh, baseball here coming up is the trade deadline, um, which is coming up here soon. And so it's going to be interesting to see if teams are going to go all out for this world series, like they do sometimes, uh, and give up, you know, future prospects for say five starts of a guy who you trade for. Um, so I'll definitely be keeping my eye on the uh, trade deadline here and seeing if you know any of these top teams make some moves that separate themselves. Well, knowing the um, Red Sox, they're going to trade Devers away, so that's that's going to be a tough one. <laughs> yeah, the Mookie Betts uh, deal has definitely helped the Dodgers this year. He's been an amazing, haunting. So yeah, I'm, haunting, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that trade. But uh, I have a qu- I have yeah. a question for you, Tosh. Do you think the Giants are going to keep pushing for that uh, playoff spot, or do you think they're going to be sellers at the deadline? Yeah, the Giants are legit. I mean, their offense is one of the best in baseball. Their starting pitching has been has been playing well. Um, their bullpen had a few uh, you know blown saves. I think they blew three like five run leads in a week, um, and they're still right around five hundred. So if that didn't happen, they they'd be well above five hundred. I think uh, Farhan Zaidi, the Giants president of baseball operations, is, is just going to – he's not going to sell off um, anyone. He, he might sell off a few, you know, like marginal guys for some prospects, but also trade for um, some guys who could help. So I, I see the Giants kind of going for it. 
Um, I think that I think they got a good shot at making the playoffs. Their schedule eases up here. Um, and, and if the Giants play the Dodgers in the first round, don't sleep on the Giants. They're uh, you know until today they're they're four and four against the Dodgers this year. I think they they've they're they've been playing 500 against the Dodgers since 2016 when the Giants have been horrible and the Dodgers have been really good. Um, and so I would love to see that first round matchup. <laughs> Wait, so speaking of not sleeping on. I said the NL East was wide open, except for the, and I even threw in the Marlins there, like before we started the season and you and Sam both made fun of me for saying all the Marlins are years away from being years away. And I was like, yeah, okay, fine. The Marlins are pretty gutted uh, as the roster, but you know, I'm, I'm looking now at the halfway point and they're in second place. They have a winning record. Um, you know, they haven't played as many games because of their COVID outbreak, but I mean, I don't know how far they can go, but like, do you see them still sneaking into the playoffs somehow? No, no. I think they'll uh, they'll cool down and, and go back to where their uh, talent level is. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll probably be sellers at the deadline. I mean, I think a lot of teams are going to have to make that decision I mean, of whether, you, whether or not you go for it or whether or not you sell. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be an interesting yeah. trade deadline. I just hope that these um, delays and, 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 you know, obviously stopping games and stuff, I hope it doesn't affect it too much. I mean, to be fair, the Marlins are always sellers at the deadline. So I don't, I, I mean, I have to agree with you there. Like there's no way they're buying and making an actual push for the, the chip this year. Yeah. I mean, they've started off well, but I, I also think they did start off like eight and one or something. And now they're about 500. So it seems like they're kind of already coming back to the pack, but uh, you never know in baseball, anything can happen. Um, and, and that's, what's going to make this the rest of the season. Uh, super interesting in, in the playoffs uh, are going to be, you know, it's going to be must-watch TV. But um, anything else on baseball, guys? Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to talk about, like, who has been the biggest disappointment so far this year in baseball. Um, personally, I think the Angels have been kind of a disappointment. They signed Rendon in the offseason and still have not figured out how to win any games. So uh, I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on on who's been the biggest disappointment in your eyes. Yeah, I, I think the Angels have been a disappointment, but also when on this on the baseball preview pod with Jerry and Sam, I I I told them that the Angels don't have the pitching to be good, um, and they really don't have the pitching. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, but I think the biggest disappointment for me has been the Phillies. I mean, you sign Bryce Harper, um, you make all these moves last offseason. You know, they fired Gabe Kapler, who's now the Giants manager. They said he was the problem. And they're still below 500. Their bullpen's been horrible. Um, and so they're, you know, Philly sports not looking too good with the Sixers and the Phillies. Um, and, and so, yeah, the, the Phillies have been a huge disappointment. So I guess I'm going to have to leave the Red Sox out of this one because they didn't have high expectations coming into it. They're 10 21. And I just wanted to, you know, say go Sox one more time on here. Um, but besides that, I mean, I think the Brewers, relative to expectations, like they were supposed to be competing at the top of that division, and they're meandering about at 500. Um, hopefully, like they can get their season going and you know have a good playoff run because that's always more entertaining to see the best, like Christian Yelich in, in the playoffs. So I think that you guys hit like two big ones. Um, I think on the other side, like the Padres are exceeding expectations. If I'm going to go that way. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking to see what the brew crew can, can get together for a little postseason push. Yeah. Yeah. Yelich has been cold for them and, and Lorenzo Cain opted out. So their, their lineups really hurting, but, uh, see what they do at the, at the, uh, trade deadline. Yeah. It's definitely been surprising the brewers. I mean, they, they had a great year last year. 
Um, obviously, Yelich and Bellinger kind of both came out really slow. And I think they're both Southern California boys, so maybe there's a trend there. But, uh, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. I hope they sneak in. I hope they take the, that giant spot. But, yeah, we'll see. It, it's going to be – this is just so weird, this 18 format. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it is, it is just so strange to me. Yeah, I, at first I was um, super excited, then I didn't really like it, but now I'm kind of excited again. It gives a lot of these teams a chance, except for a few teams. Everyone's got something to play for, um, and, and it's making the season a lot more interesting. You know, as a Giants fan, if the, if the Giants were in the same spot in a normal year, I would basically be saying the season's over. But uh, now I get to keep watching, and, and it'll add more, add more fun. Um, for the season, so I'm I'm all in on the 18 playoff. I mean, I'm all in on it too. But I think David, you gotta hate it because as the Dodgers have the one seed, they have more opportunities to be upset in the shorter yeah. playoff series. Um, so like I think for the heavy favorites, it's absolutely disastrous. Which originally I loved because the Yankees were supposed to be a one or a two seed, but now like as the season stands today, the Athletics and the Dodgers like normally would have a pretty good home field advantage, you know, that one seed. But now it's a shorter playoff series, and you have to win more, uh, more series that is. To, to get to the World Series. So, I, you know, I'd be pretty, uh, pretty worried there if I was a Dodgers fan. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. Obviously, baseball is, you know, it's, it's all about momentum and, and making that run at the right time. Um, I'm just hoping that the Dodgers talent, you know, finally this year puts it together and, and finally they play well in, in the postseason um, all the way through and not just uh, in the, uh, you know, NL side of things. Um, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jerry. I, I don't like it at all. Um, it makes me kind of worried, but um, it is what it is at the end of the day. It's weird times in sports, weird times in the world. So you just got to accept it for what it is. All right, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming on here today. I'm sure we'll have you back on to talk about the Lakers and the Dodgers, get that L.A. perspective as uh, much of a pain of an ass as it is on my side as a Boston fan. But uh, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It was great. Yeah, thanks, David. And uh, as always, check out the uh, articles and and all the stuff on 2tvsports.com. Check out our Instagram, our Twitter feed. Love the uh, interactions from some of you, so keep those coming. Um, and, and our NBA playoff bracket still going on now that the uh, NBA is planning on being resumed. So follow up on that. You can check out our Instagram page for updates on that. Um, and as always... Two uh, TV Sports is here and uh, love our fan base. So uh, thank you guys. And Two TV Sports is signing off the mic.